This is Amateur Logic, episode 78 for May 15th, 2015. Dayton Hamvention. This episode of Amateur Logic was brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at MFJEnterprises.com by ICOM. Out from the shack and into the sun, brighten your day with ICOM. And by DX Engineering, offering practically everything you need to outfit your shack, plus the fastest shipping in the industry. In-stock items ship the same day, Monday through Friday until 10 p.m. Eastern. For more information, visit DXEngineering.com. Welcome to AmateurLogic.tv episode, what is this, 78, Tommy? 78. Live from Dayton Hamvention from the ICOM booth. Uh, say hello, everyone. Hello. Now, there's more people than you see in that shot there, uh, but we don't have a cameraman up there running the camera, so we can't pan around. I see a couple of hands up there, though, so we appreciate you all being here with us tonight. Boy, it's going to be a great show. We've got a lot of fun things lined up for you, a lot of great guests, and Glad that you decided to stop by for a few minutes on this Saturday afternoon to visit with us. I haven't been in the fl- out in the flea market today. Is it raining or is it good flea market weather out there? It's just a little sprinkle. That's a little sprinkle. That's not bad then. Last year was horrible. It, uh, boy, it really came down. Yesterday it came down for a little bit too. So uh, appreciate you being here. Tommy, I guess, um, well, we need to get this thing rolling. Why don't we get... Uh, Get some celebrities to come in here and visit with us just a little bit. I, I think maybe that would help out the show some. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, who do you think we should get? How about Rock and Ray? Rock and Ray. Oh, oh boy, bring him on in here. Rock and Ray. Here, boy, here's his classic. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, have a blue. Christmas without you. I'll have. I don't know. That okay. doesn't quite sound like me. Is that enough of that? Uh, let's see. I think that was more than enough. More, more than enough. Well, Ray, we appreciate ICOM hosting Amateur Logic here at Dayton this year. Well, I'm glad you're able to come into my playground this time instead of me coming into Jackson all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we come to Hamvention, but this is the first time we've done a live stream from here, and uh, we're recording this as well, and it'll be a special episode of Amateur Logic. We're planning on going two hours this afternoon if uh, if nobody passes out and the feds don't show yeah. up, but uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, tell us what's Hamvention been like uh, for you here this year. I, I know you had a special announcement that right before the show here tell us about that well i know everybody's seen the chaos getting set up for this and those that are going to be watching the recording won't get to see the entertainment that we did but if you take that two-hour window 
and started on Monday of this week and ended tomorrow about 4 o'clock, that's the way Hamvention has been. But yeah. it's good to see a lot of these people out here just coming in for it. The lab coats that we're wearing, that you guys are wearing, um, we're mad scientists. We've been working in the lab uh, for the last couple of months, coming up with a firmware update for the 7600. So instead of introducing a brand new radio, it's new firmware to take an older radio into a new radio again. Well, if that firmware is as hot as these lab coats are, it's got to be good. <laughs> and you guys just put them on. I know, I know. We, we've been wearing them since uh, Friday morning. Wow. Yeah, well, I feel for you. So uh, you told us about 7600 there. What else has been going on? What's been the talk in the booth here this year so far? Other than taking off these hot jackets? Yeah. Um, what is Amateur Logic TV? There have been a lot of people curious about what's going to be going on in the stage here. And those that haven't watched it before, after 10 years. After 10 years, people haven't seen it. Well, not all of them. Yeah, true. I think there's a few out there. Do you, Tommy, do you see anybody wearing the colors with their official Amateur Logic If, if you got the on. colors on, raise your hand. There we go. There There's we a go. T-shirt over there. Yeah, there's one oh, there. Yeah, see. I saw a couple of caps earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I saw several yesterday. Several so. yesterday. Well, we've got uh, we've got several of these lab coats here that we're going to be giving some away here to the crowd and uh, going to give away some online as well to everyone out there. Uh, give them a, an opportunity to win something too. Why don't we get started here and let's see. And I will be exiting stage right. You or you is exit that stage left. No, everybody's exiting stage right and entering stage right because we've got this light over here that's been hitting everyone in the head. So that, that's probably the best idea. Well, we want to get you back in uh, for the close here. So we'll, we'll have you come in and do a play-by-play wrap-up on things. Okay. All right, Ray. Well, we got, uh, we got our first guest about to come up here. Um, we're, we'll be back in just a minute. Let's just take a look at uh, something Tommy and I shot here. Oh, when was it? It was yesterday. Yesterday morning. We ran into Dave, KB9VZU. Hey, Dave. Hey. Good to see you, Tommy. Glad you guys had a good trip up. Yeah, you, you do the Ham Nation D-Star now, right? That's correct. We do that on 14 Charlie every Wednesday evening about 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, myself and uh, K8JTK Jeff and uh, Alan in Tommy Bay, Australia. And he can hook you up on some Vegemite. And his, his call is VK5PBZ. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, we, we had a little experience with Vegemite before. I think we're pretty well past that now. And there is a store that carries it here, so if you guys want to get away and get some, I can, I can hook you up. Well, we have to find some scrumpets or whatever to put it on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, I was doing a couple of laps around here, and, I, well, this is my second lap, and I ran into you, and I've been looking for the Peter swag, and I can't find it. <laughs> oh, man, that little slip of the lip's going to... Going to uh, probably live with me for a long time. Next year, somebody's missing out because there's money to be made. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) It was good talking to you. Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome from Melbourne, Australia. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Peter, and I'm licensed as VK3PB here in Victoria. George, Tommy, and I make a vidcast once a month called Amatologic. Now, a vidcast is like a TV show that you download off the internet. And you can find us at uh, YouTube, or you can download directly from our website at www.amatologic.tv. 
Now, I'm terribly sorry that I can't be with you this year. Maybe in a future year I'll be able to get over to Dayton. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, but I understand that uh, Dayton has got uh, a great swap meet outside, lots of commercial exhibitors, but the best thing, I think, is that chance to meet up with amateurs that you might have spoken with over the air, o over the years, or uh, maybe old friends that you haven't seen for a while. Anyway, uh, have a great time at Dayton this year, and 73s from Peter, VK3PB. All right, 73, and uh, thanks for that, Peter. You know, I wish he could be here with us. Yeah, we're going to get him here one day. You know, we're just trying to get him back on a plane right now. He's got uh, fear of flying, although he's accumulated uh, how many millions of air miles? That... Uh, enough to come over here and back. Yeah, so he, he may be coming to the United States soon to visit with us and uh, see different parts of the country and uh, even come down around the Jackson area and visit with us a little bit. Yeah, he's supposed to come around October. That's going to be our 10th year anniversary. Cool. So, that would be good if he could be here for that. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, our first official guest here, because we're not going to count Ray, is Michael Coulter from Dayton Hamvention. Michael, it's good to see you again. That's good to be here. See everybody. Michael, we appreciate you all doing Hamvention here every year. It's, you know, it's the best ham fest in the world. There's some folks over in Germany that would argue with that, but um, at least in the United States, th this is the best one. Well, you know, I like all the, the ham benches I've been to. Hamcation, hear a lot of good things about Huntsville. And we're all partners in this. It doesn't matter who's the biggest, who's the best. It's the one you go to where you have fun. You know what I mean? you got to have fun and see your friends there. So we're really excited about it. Well, that's great. Um, you know, y'all had me here uh, a couple of years ago. I won a, a special achievement award, and I really appreciate that. And it's sitting on the mantle at the house there. And I know you've got some uh, great award winners this year. We're going to have one in here with us after a while, but we won't reveal who that is just yet because the presentation hasn't taken place. That'll be uh, tomorrow's when the awards are. Uh, yeah, at uh, one o'clock here tomorrow, we will have the awards given publicly. We'll have a private event tonight for their families and close friends where we give the awards out to. And it was a real honor to have uh, George do that, win that award and be with us. He definitely deserved it. So that is a hard award to win uh, because we go through so many uh, candidates. How about a big round of applause for this guy? I mean, he really puts his heart and soul into it. I mean, he's the man. Oh, thank you. I, I just appreciate it. And uh I was really surprised. I wasn't expecting that at all. So anything special you can tell us about uh, about this year's Hamvention? Well, there's. I think it's, is everybody having a good time? We'll do that one first. Are we having a good time with Hamvention? Oh, yeah. Are we? Oh, yeah. Thank you. You know, there's uh, two ways you can look at Hamvention. You can look at it and complain, or you can look at it and come home with a story. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't have a story with Hamvention, sorry, you missed Hamvention. I remember uh, a few years ago, I was general chairman of this event, and uh, it had a, 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 a very unfortunate plumbing accident. So I hear about that year after year after year. But, you know, it happens. So uh, other new things, we have a lot of international guests here today, a lot of internationals. And uh, we, are, we are pleased that that's happening. So... Um, uh, when you get a chance, say hello to them, uh, and I hope that uh, everything's going good. And when, you, when you're when you at some of the doorways, 
take a look at what uh, Hera is planning on doing in the renovation for next year. So we're excited about that as well. So at some of the doorways, they have pictures of, of what this place will look like in 2016. Okay, so there, there actually are some plans underway to uh, do some mods here. That's, that's what we were told. The uh, ownership met with myself and the general chairman, and uh, they are planning on making some modifications here. They put out the, uh, the news, and, and they've got pictures of those modifications. We don't own the uh, facility. We rent it. But, uh, so we're excited to hear that, very excited to hear that, because that's the biggest question I get, what's going to happen here. Y'all, why don't we here uh, have a big hand here for uh, for hopefully some improvements here at the uh, Harrow Arena? I know every, everyone's bound to be on board with that. That'll be great. So we're we're looking forward to that. Uh, Michael, any anything else? I, I know you mentioned the international visitors. Tommy and I visited with a lot of them last year, didn't we? And oh yeah, we did. It was it's uh, interesting. There's people from all over the world. Yeah. We, we haven't had the opportunity to this year. We've been kind of uh, tied down with, well with things like this and uh, some of the Ham Nation mm-hmm. stuff going on. But how many countries do you think are represented this year? You know, that's going to be a, a guess on my part, but I would guess at least probably around 30 or more. And uh, I've had people ask me from other parts, of the con- other parts of the world, how do you put on an event like this? And I want to tell you something about this event, for those of you who don't know. We have all volunteers, from the general chairman all the way down to the, I won't say down, but all across the board, people driving the, the golf carts, people that work in here and help you with inside exhibits, people that are doing things all year long. Don't get paid a cent for it. We just rent this facility, and we buy other uh, uh, important things. That you know, like fire, EMS, um, dispo- garbage disposal, you know, those sorts of things. And so we are really excited about that. And that is what confounds uh, when I was over in Friedrichshafen a few years ago, the Germans were saying, how in the world do you get volunteers to do that? We get volunteers to do that because our people around Dayton and, and volunteers that come from everywhere are passionate about Hamvention. Just as all of you are passionate about Hambenchen, you come a long ways, you make sacrifices, and you're here having a good time. So uh, that's that's very important to me that this isn't a one-man show. It is a team of men and women who put this together. Oh, I, I can guarantee you it's that. It, there's no way uh, uh, one or two people uh, or even a small group could put it. I guess it takes all of Dara really to, to bring this together, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. It takes all of D.A.R.E. to put it together. And uh, we have uh, I have a volunteer this year that came from Dubai, and <laughs> he's just eager to do whatever he can do to help out. And, uh, and we have visitors here from uh, India, a big contingent from India, and they're wanting to put on shows like this. So that's a, we, we, we aren't the example. We're just somebody that's doing it. We're a club that's doing it. And, uh, and by the way, the club of the year this year uh, um, was the Orlando Club, the club that puts on Hamcation. And if you've ever been to Hamcation, what a wonderful event that is. That's, yeah. a, that's a must-see event as well. Yeah, and another big one uh, in, in my part of the country is um, Huntsville. That's, that's a pretty good ham fest, too. I'm planning on getting down to Huntsville. Your uh, general chairman, he's here, and he's been uh, hounding me. You're coming, you're yeah. coming, you're coming. So we'll probably have a booth down there. and. Hope to see all of you that are going to go down to Huntsville. Yeah, they, they've got a good team there that puts that together. Just 
just like y'all here, it really takes a good team that knows how to put on these kind of events to, to keep them consistently growing and getting better every year. Yeah, that's true. And, and um, you talk about teams. Uh, I'll mention uh, when we get down to Huntsville, I always like to rib them about the Ohio State Buckeyes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Michael, anything else you want to tell us? Um, you know, it's people like you guys that, you know, they're also a very much a pillar of amateur radio. We're communicators. And what George does and his team is absolutely fabulous, you know, all year long to put these kind of shows on, have this kind of equipment, and just dedicate themselves to it is just amazing. And so I ask all of you, think about how you give back to amateur radio. What do I do to give back to amateur radio? And there's a lot of different ways, and I think a lot of you do in small ways and big ways. But I hope you're having a good time, and uh, I hope that uh, you know, the accommodations are all right, and I hope you're enjoying Dayton, Ohio. Well, Michael, we appreciate you visiting with us. It's, um, it's really good to see you again, and I hope to visit with some of the other staff members that I've met over the years out here. And, uh, boy, let, let's just hear a hand here for Michael and the, the whole crew at Dara that puts this on each year. It's pretty easy to see the dedication your whole staff has here. Everyone from the people working in the snack bar all the way down to the security at the door. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And even we try to do the added touches with, uh, you know, the golf cart so that when you're worn out and you're tired, we got those golf carts out there to help you. Or, you know, and I think all of our staff is extremely friendly. I hope they are. So thank you. And thank you for being here. And you guys... You're the greatest. Thank you for having me. So with that, 73s. Thanks for joining us. 73, Michael. Now there's a V&A analyzer with features never before found in a low-cost handheld analyzer, the new MFJ-226 Antenna Expert. Covering 1 megahertz to 230 megahertz with 1 hertz resolution, this MFJ Time Technology Vector Network Analyzer features open short load calibration, true reactants, including its sign, and a lot more. OSL calibration allows you to make measurements with exceptional accuracy by correcting the feed line loss and phase angle. No other analyzer in this price range can offer this, and you can store OSL calibrations of your test cables or feed line at different frequencies for future use. Signed reactance measurements let you know instantly if reactance is capacitive or inductive. Single frequency mode presents an unusually wide range of load information, including SWR, frequency, impedance magnitude, series and parallel impedance, resistance plus reactance, S1, rectangular and polar, capacitance and inductance. Swept frequency mode generates, displays, and captures accurate plots of frequency versus SWR, impedance, resistance, reactance, return loss S11, and phase angle. Plot a Smith chart to show S11 magnitude and phase angle over any frequency span you specify. A movable crosshair tracks the plot and displays S11 magnitude and phase angle at any frequency. 32 memory channels let you capture screens of measurements made in the field for download into your PC via the mini USB port. The MFJ226 has both the hefty fill and advanced performance of a professional fill service instrument, costing hundreds or even thousands of dollars more. This analyzer pulls together the latest advances in RF technology and delivers them at a price you can afford. Learn more about the MFJ226 and all their great antenna analyzers. Visit mfjenterprises.com today.
Tommy, I've been having trouble getting the email here on my cell phone. Yeah, I've got a Verizon and an AT&T phone, and I barely have any data on either one of them here. Yeah, that's one of the problems here at Hamvention in the Harrow Arena. You can't hardly get any kind of Internet signal at all. So we got something special here to bring you the show today. Yeah, these exceed satellite dishes, man. They really work pretty well. They do. You know, Bob Hall uses one at uh, his home in Pleasant Hope, Missouri, because he doesn't have any other way to get Internet out there. And uh, it does a really respectable job. Yeah, I see Bob on Skype on Ham Nation, and I thought satellite latency was a problem for Skype, but it seems to work pretty well for him. Yeah, it really does. You know, I mean, I'm not going to throw out my cable Internet to go with this because I'm sure that, you know, I've got a good signal there and it would be hard to beat. But, uh, you know, if you've got a slower DSL or particularly you people that live out in the country or in an area that's not served by a broadband provider, I think this is a perfect solution right here. Yeah, me too. So in about 50 years when I'm able to retire, this is the guys I'm going to have to call when I get my place up in the mountains. Yeah, cool. E-X-E-D-E. Check them out. They're, um, they're helping us bring you the show today, and it, it really is a, a good solution, particularly for those who, who've just been kind of like stuck in the dial-up world or slow DSL. Yeah, check them out. It's it's a great service. I was being kind of optimistic for that 50 years estimate. Yeah, you were, weren't you? <laughs> well, we've got our next guest here. It's uh, our old friend Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB. Joe, it's always good to see you out here, Dayton. And it's always nice to see you, George and Thomas. You know, uh, it, it's good to see both of you together and and really enjoy the hamvention. Well, that's great. It, does anyone out there recognize this guy here? Have you ever seen him before? Maybe you've seen his hat, uh, the cat in the hat there. And, uh, Joe, you are, um, well, you're, you're a regular uh, contributing, I, what do you call it, Arthur? Uh, yes, for the ARL Handbook now. The yeah. Construction Techniques chapter of the ARL Handbook, uh, I am updating over the years. I've already completed my third one and uh, progressively replacing old content with new content. So uh, I am now a, a handbook author as well. That's awesome. As well as uh, the monthly column in CQ magazine. And I hope everybody uh, uh, reads my kit building column in CQ and learns all about the latest in kits. Well, Joe, you know, I've learned uh, about several different kits from you. And after I did, I went and built them myself. And uh, you, you seem to pick out the good ones. Well, I try. Uh, I try and get kits that are, that are easy to build. Uh, quick to put together, uh, less frustration, things like that. In fact, at my kit building forum here yesterday, I talked about one that has probably the the least uh, easy instructions I think I've ever seen to read. It's kind of Chinese English, but the kit is only $12, and it's only about that big. And what it does is it tests components. It says transistor tester on it, but that's not all what not all what it does. It tests anything. It has three wires, three clip leads that come out of it. You clip a resistor between any of the two leads. It tells you, oh, that's a resistor and this is what its value is. You put an inductor on it. It tells you it's an inductor and it tells you which leads it was on. If you plug a diode into it on any of the two leads, it tells you which lead is which and what the voltage drop is and the reverse current and things like that. It's just amazing. And then transistors, it'll tell you if it's NPN, PNP, what the, the beta is, which is the gain. Uh, capacitors, 
It tells you the capacitance, and it also tells you the equivalent series resistance. It's 12 bucks, and you just hook it up. It tells you what kind of transistor it is. It tells you what kind of part it is, and it's great, especially when you're building kits and the, the numbers are rubbed off or something, and you can't figure out what it is. It tests it. It'll tell you exactly what it is. So is that like the uh, little fish device that, that we've seen out there that has a display and a little ZIF socket? Yes, it's, it's like that, but uh, in kit form for $12. It's just amazing. And even a, a newer kit builder can probably put it together in an hour and a half. Cool. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, the other one's already assembled, but it looks like it would be a simple little kit, and it, uh, it basically it's using a microcontroller to, yeah, it to looks do like, those Yeah, it looks like it's it? similar to an Arduino. Yeah. And, and it analyzes the part, and it, it's just fantastic. It's a, it's a great little tool, and if you're really going to be building kits, this is the thing you're going to have to have. Yeah, it sounds like a good one to get your feet wet if you want to try a little kit building. Yeah, well, what else... Um, have you seen here today? I mean, or or even yesterday? What what's are you you finding new at Dayton, or what's kind of tickling your fancy? Well, in terms of kits, uh, I see that uh, Quicksilver Radio has a little. It looks like a Pixie type kit uh, for twenty five dollars. It's also a pretty simple kit, and it's a CW transceiver for forty meters, and it's just a little tiny thing, and it's it looks like it can't take more than an hour to put it together, if that. And then um, uh, we can go from that tiny kit all the way up to the big ones. Um, uh, I know there was the K3S announcement, and there's and that's in kit form as well. I've also seen um, there was uh, uh, if you go to uh, QRP me, uh, he has a new version of the Rockmite which is a classic kit and it he has a metal case that goes right with it and he can even get it to you in the color so it matches old Heathkit gear but it's a tiny little uh, half a watt CW transceiver and it has a keyer built into it and it's programmable it's pretty cool. amazing and and that's pretty inexpensive as well it's about fifty dollars for that kit that's, that sounds pretty cool do you buy anything that's already built Oh, I buy a few things. Uh, I have an ICOM 7600 also, which I truly enjoy. In fact, I'm look for, looking forward to raise firmware upgrade for that. So uh, I do have that as well. Uh, I do have a lot of kit radios that I've built over the years, and they're a lot of fun to take out, especially on field day. I know you speak at a lot of ham fest. What's the latest one you were at? Uh, the latest one before this, I you know I have to think about that, um, but it, it there have been quite a few uh, this year. I've been to Orlando, uh, Branson, Houston, um, a couple in the Des Moines area, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, which is where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, several all yeah. over the country. And so and what's coming on in the future? In the future, uh, my next one that I'm, I'm flying to will be uh, Huntsville, and so, of course, okay. I'll see you guys there. Yeah. Are you going to Hamcom? Yes, I am. That, I, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I may see you there. I, it, it's it's, it's about three weeks away, and yeah. uh, I will be at Hamcom. I have to be in Cleveland for a week for work before that, and then uh, that week I will go on to uh, Dallas, and this is the first time I've spoken there in maybe 30 years. Wow. Wow. Well, Joe, we appreciate what you do in the uh, kit building arena. 
Oh, and by the way, we had a kit build last night. Oh, you did? Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, we did a group kit build. Uh, the kit was designed by Rex, W1REX, who does the tuna tin kits and that rock mite I told you about. And it was a four-segment kit. We did three of the four. It, uh, there was a low-voltage RF probe. Uh, there was a signal generator and a QRP dummy load, and you could use those together and test any kind of QRP radio. So it was wow. a great kind of a suite of things that you can use for working on kits. So it was a, a whole lot of fun, and we had about 40 builders last night, and wow. so it was great. Did you have any kids there? Yes, we had several. We had three or four kids that were building, and uh, that was neat to see. I know when I was in Friedrichshafen, they have a lot of kids building kits there, and they do it a little differently. Instead of soldering parts on a circuit board, they take a block of wood, and then they put a sticker over it with black circles, and then they pound brass tacks onto it. And then they uh, put dabs of solder on each one, and then they solder the parts right to the tacks, kind of like Manhattan style. Cool. Well, Joe, it's always great to visit with you. You know, you've you kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of a kindred spirit, I guess, you know. <laughs> We oh, both yes. have smelled plenty of the rosin over the years. Yes, we have. And uh, <laughs> looking forward to a lot more of it. We really appreciate you dropping by here. Any final words b- before we get, move on? Just want everybody to remember that uh, radios are fun, and it's even more fun when you get to build it yourself. Thanks, Joe. Mm-hmm. Well, I ran into Bill, AA7XT, here at the NO Antenna booth. Bill, you've got something really neat here this year. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, it's the Rotator Genius, and this is its uh, world debut. It's a universal rotator controller. It's this little black box here, but you don't control it from the box. There's no push buttons. You control it from an Android device like this or a Windows PC, and you can control it remotely uh, over the Internet, uh, over your local area network, or through Wi-Fi. Right now, um, we're controlling this alpha speed rotator up here. And you just pick an azimuth, say it goes 72 degrees. There we go. We should be turning. There we go. We're going clockwise. When it gets to 72 degrees, it's going to stop. And the way it knows it's going to be at 72 degrees is we've got a magnetic sensor connected to the boom. You can see the little box there. It's one of these. And... um, it's not counting pulses. It's not a potentiometer. It's a Hall effect device like you have in your smartphone detecting the Earth's magnetic field. So it gets to 72 degrees. It tells the rotator genius to stop. It'll work with any rotator, any brand, any voltage, AC, DC. Well, that's really cool, Bill. Appreciate you showing that to us. That's a totally different way of controlling your rotor. Well, it's, um, we have a whole line of products coming uh, designed by Ranko Boca for Oscar 3 Alpha, made in Europe, that all are network aware, work over your le- network locally, remotely. We'll run on Android, we'll run on Windows. So it's a whole new generation of products we're very excited about. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, George. Okay, we got one more guest here. A few of you may recognize whether you've seen him before or not. There's a good chance you've heard him. It's uh, Ted Randall, WB8PUM. Ted, good to have you with us today. You said I might have to hold this. You might have to hold that, yes. 
Well, there's a there's a hundred dollar bill underneath this thing here. What's yeah, that? It's that's your payment. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's. Uh, you said you had a kind of a feedback issue or something here, so. Yeah, it's right on the edge of feedback, and and that mic stand's kind of short. I'll, I'll so. hold it this way here if that's okay. That's, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Well, in case you don't recognize him, Ted is um, a shortwave broadcaster. He's a broadcast engineer too. But uh, we probably know him as a shortwave broadcaster on the QSO radio show. Ted, tell us a little bit about the show. Well, QSO, I, we started this thing about, I don't know, must have been 10 years ago. You know, it was, and uh, at first the show didn't have any name. <laughs> we, we went months with no name for a show. We just, hey, hey, folks, we were here. And um, we did, you know, just basically interviews with hams. But I was looking for the story of the ham more than the story of the technology. Yeah, I'm trying to get, you know, the individual story. You know, like hundred dollars. How did you uh, get in this hobby? How did you hear about it? And so on and so forth. And then talk to them about their family and their occupation and all these different things that we were, you know, we we'd get into. And so finally, we got to the point where we said, "We got to name this show something." And uh, finally, it just kind of hit. Like, well, actually, all it is is a QSO. So that's what it, that became oh, the, the perfect Q, name, the QSO radio show. Yeah. And we've continued that, and then of course we we did the broadcasting from from Dayton and from uh, and from Huntsville, and then on field day we go live, and we have people call in from all over the country and talk about their field day operations, and um, probably some of the most interesting conversation is about what they're serving for lunch and dinner, <laughs> and some places actually have like a chef. I mean, they, there's some guy in that ham club that's a cook, you know. And um, they've got their uh, big, huge um, um, uh, crock pot being used as a dummy load, you know, from yeah. the. Uh, <laughs> so they got to keep the 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 three uh, tuned up to keep the uh, the beans cooking in the pot. So, to so that's incentive to stay on the air. Then yeah, I guess, there, you, so. there you go. Yeah. So the the show has been a lot of fun. But one thing that, that um, uh, I, I will say this: I had a situation when I was younger, raising two sons. And uh, like a lot of Americans and a lot of people, you know, you go through a divorce, and it's kind of like, oh, boy, yeah. But I wound up with two boys, and the, uh, the privilege, I guess I want to say, of, um, of raising them as a single parent. And um, we were pretty depleted financially after fighting lawyers in custody. You know, like a lot of Americans wind up in those situations. Mm-hmm. And, um, but... Uh, what I was able to do is, was was carry the kids with me to radio stations, and they'd go in and they'd help me work on transmitters, and they'd help me go in and do studio stuff and everything. And in the process of that, they found the fun, I guess I want to say, and the magic of amateur radio, and they were able to build projects, pull antennas up into trees, and learn about antenna length and frequency and yeah. all these things. And so now they both work in professional broadcast positions doing engineering work. My older son, David, with Trevecca Nazarene University in Nashville, who basically does all the RF and anything. They've got a couple of radio stations that they recently sold, but now the new company has got him taking care of those. Uh, he cared for them lock, stock, and barrel up until then. And then they, the younger son is Dave Ramsey's chief engineer for the Dave Ramsey Show with their 500 radio stations, and he basically carried, you know, cares for everything that has to do with RF and all the stuff that uh, that goes with it, which which is kind of cool. But ham radio has given them the edge. 
Yeah. They call Matt MacGyver at Dave Ramsey. They've got some names for David uh, that in, in, implies basically the same thing, where they're able to just about do anything with very little of anything, you know, and make something work that, you know, where you more normally would have to call in a tech support crew, they grab coat hangers and screwdrivers and things like that, and then things are made to work. But but that's QSO is kind of a payback. In other words, what we're doing with QSO, which is basically it's a nonprofit broadcast heard twice a week on shortwave, and then we've kind of resurrected the podcast side of it. Um, and that is, it's just kind of like paying the hobby back for what it what what it's done for us as a family. And uh, and of course now um, Holly, my wife, is the um, head of IT for the Cromwell Radio Group and also the assistant chief engineer, which I'm the chief engineer there. And uh, so we're just, we're hopeless. We're a bunch of, uh, bunch of radio nerds, you know. <laughs> well, you know, my, uh, when my son was young, we actually lived at a radio station. There was a house built right beside the station for the chief engineer to live in. And I thought it would rub off on him, but... Uh, I was also a musician, and that's the part that rubbed off on him rather than the broadcast. Yeah, he definitely picked up that part. Yeah, but he did get his amateur license here uh, a couple of years back, so there's hope for him yet, you know. Well, you know, the thing with um, a lot lot of people don't realize this, and that is that uh, now we are caring for um, WTWW, which is a fairly good size international shortwave radio station. And what a lot of folks don't realize is the number of people listening to shortwave. I think somewhere along the line, uh, people got rocked to sleep thinking that, well, that's old technology and it's a thing of the past and all that kind of stuff, you know. Well, I started doing music on Saturday nights, and I noticed one thing in particular, and that was I could be on an hour and get 600, 700 emails. So, I mean, how many listeners does it take to generate one email? I mean, I'm sure not everybody's going to write. I mean, somebody is going to say, you know, well, you're crazy. I'm not going to write you. i got things to do. You know? But the thing of it is, is that there's that much there. So what, what we found out, and, and I had long conversations with the folks in the Texan Radio Company, which just really shocked me, and that is that they, they produce like 30,000 shortwave sets a day, you know. Wow. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. like, like, where are they going, you know. But, um and then and their their representative asked me. They said, "Well, you know, a lot of China does not have electricity, and they depend on battery operated radios." And then he asked me, he "says Do you have any idea how many people in China?" And I said, "A lot, <laughs> more than I can count." You know, so but we're. I mean, I, I guess I'm going to say we're we're involved in this as a family project. So it's kind of fun to watch. You know, one of your sons lying underneath a Continental 418 having the, the water, you know, dripping onto his uh, shirt or something while we're repairing these things. And they're so young to be involved in working on something that large and, and understanding the technology. We find it just really kind of exciting and thrilling, you know, to do that. I, at least I do. And, and also respecting that technology because it can knock you in the next <laughs> week if you're not careful. Well, you know, it's like I, I tell a lot of people, though. We've had, I had some folks say to me something about the danger of, of these things. And I said, well, yeah, but, you know, a 250-watt AM transmitter yeah, in a small you. town will kill you just as dead as one of these things. Now, maybe they, 
Yeah, they, they may do it. The, the AM station may do it in, in five seconds. This may do it in a nanosecond. I don't know, but, you know, yeah. that is dead. So um, there's no room for a mistake at those high, vol- high, high voltage levels, you know. The thing that, that kind of blew me away, though, is folks uh, remember maybe years ago when Willis Conover was on The Voice of America. Do you remember that by any chance? No. Okay. He did a thing called, well, he did a jazz show. And the BBC estimated at that time that he had an audience of about 30 million people. Okay, I found that mind-boggling, and I started asking, "Well, how do they do that?" And and I'm told the the BBC actually went into foreign countries and would do surveys in these foreign countries. They would map out a section of that continent or country, and they'd go through and they'd ask questions and do whatever they do. I guess they were kind of like the Arbitron of shortwave radio back then, you know, and. Uh, and, and they came up with these numbers. Now, of course, that's been a long time ago. But in Willis Conover's day, uh, a shortwave radio had tubes in it. All of them had tubes. They all sat on a desktop. Um, and they took up space, and, and that was the way it was. What has changed the whole thing today, and, I, and I've got this with me here to, to show you, is this is the most marvelous thing <laughs> that I've been able to... This is a shortwave radio. That's Boy. a lot smaller than the one I had. Now, the, what's weird about this, and I don't know much about it other than the fact, and I'll hold it this way so you can see it in my hand. This, this thing covers the entire shortwave band. Shut it off because it's making noise. It's got aircraft on it, and I don't know. There's a little USB connection. I haven't got a clue what that does. But anyhow, it's got a little DSP chip in it, and it is shocking how solid stations sound on this radio. Huh. It went out in the parking lot and turned it on, and I said, you know, I was like, when you get off the off the channel, like on a blank channel, and it's just dead quiet. I mean, there's just no noise at all. And so today, you know, this is a whole lot different ball game than back a few years ago when shortwaves had to sit on, you know, had to set set on a desk, you know. And uh, so, anyways, we're it's it's a different era, you know. And and we we have and I I like to encourage people to listen to HF because what else is on HF? Well. We're on HF. <laughs> All of us hams were on, on on HF. You know. Yeah. So that's a to me, it's a pool, a place to go to find people who are potential amateur radio operators. You know. And this yeah. is a C crane. Yeah, it's a C crane, and um, I'll, I'll I'll just go ahead and plug something here. You know, if and if you don't like it, they, so they have a hook. They'll pull you off stage if you. Anyways, <laughs> uh, starting in July, uh, Art Bell is making a. Return to the radio, and he's well, he, the only radio he'll be on is shortwave, and he'll be on WTWW. And really? Brought, brought to everyone by the Sea Crane Company. I find it really exciting because I think he's one of the most creative people that's, that's been on radio. And they will definitely sell some radios after <laughs> that. Art Bell's Theater of the Mind, you know, yeah. it's just an incredible thing. So, uh, you know, we're just we're kind of excited about all this stuff, and... Uh, we're kind of like little kids, you know, in, in, in a toy shop, you know. <laughs> so, so where, what frequency can we hear you on, and what time? Um, you know, on uh, QSO airs on um, on our number one transmitter, which is nine four seven five, at one o'clock Saturdays, uh, Central Daylight Time. Nobody's going to remember that. I wouldn't remember that if I heard somebody say that, you know. But it's on the website, um, QSORadioShow.com, all the times and all that are, are listed there. But um, 
uh, on Saturday nights and Sunday nights, we do a music show. And we're wide open for amateur radio operators, clubs, organizations to either call in information about their ham fest or things that they're doing, you know. And uh, and we have a, we have artist interviews and things on it too. But it's just it's just good programming for a shortwave station. At least that's how I how I see it. Um, you may not see it that way. <laughs> no, I do. I do. Uh, just, I mean, I'm just, I, just I, kidding. You know, I tune know. around shortwave, list, listening for music broadcast or something a little out of the ordinary these days because you don't hear music as often as you used to. No, no, you don't. And. Uh, Although there's a there's a fair amount of music being played overseas that you'll hear yeah. that that are you can't understand the words but you know it's music you yeah, know? and it's unusual too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, you know art will be on um, and, and he go to his website you'll see the the, the posting he'll be on five zero eight five weeknights you know and of course we're on with QSO. Then, like I said, Saturday and Sunday nights we do music, but at 7 p.m. we re-air QSO, which is a two-hour show. And uh, for folks that might be might be interested in, in, in listening to or exploring that. So so I know we're here all about radio here, but I've heard you mention podcasts earlier. Can you subscribe to these if you're not available to listen on the radio? People right. like myself that travel a lot, it's mm-hmm. kind of convenient. To QSO is, um, is available... There's an RSS feed, and it's also up on uh, up on iTunes. I'm okay. popping this microphone here. Um, it uh, we we kind of laid off the podcast for a while, and the only reason why we did was because um, I, I kind of wanted to emphasize the fact that hey, this is a radio show that we do. Okay, and the podcast right. is there as a convenience for folks, you know. Right. But it's easy for it to, to the focus go the other way. It's a podcast with a radio show as a convenience, <laughs> but we don't we don't do it that way. Um, but the podcasts are, are up and and they're they're back. Um, and and they'll, I mean they'll be updated on a regular basis. But once again, we like to encourage people to use the radio and listen to us because we're a radio show. You know yeah, saying? absolutely. Well, Ted, we really appreciate you stopping by and visiting with us and. Uh, also, what you do with the QSO radio show, because I know you're bringing amateur radio to uh, a wide audience that wouldn't normally know about it, or, or even maybe they knew about it, but they're not thinking about it. This puts it back top of mind. Well, I had, I don't know how many people this time around at Dayton come up to the booth and say, hey, this radio show is the reason why we got our, our tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, And they tell you the various method that they use to get get their ham license and that's what we want to hear we want to hear people saying hey you know what you just made me some mad i went out and <laughs> started studying and passed the test well i thank you for having me i i need to get back to our booth okay and uh now you've got to come by our booth which he won't do folks i'm telling you well, so i've done it before <laughs> i've done it before oh yeah but i'm yeah. just uh, i'm just teasing yeah, i know so thank you much yeah thank you guys have, have have a good rest of this Dayton Hamvention. All right. You too. Thanks, Ted. And right now we're going to uh, get a message from one of the folks who uh, helped make this broadcast today possible. Out from the shack and into the sun. Brighten your day with ICOM's selection of handhelds, mobiles, and HF rigs. Step outside with ICOM's ID51A Plus digital dual bander. Features include free downloadable RSMS1A Android app, Near me repeater function for D-Star as well as analog repeaters and integrated GPS. Hit the road with ICOM's analog IC2730A mobile or the digital ID5100A with internal GPS. 
Both radios include optional Bluetooth capability for hands-free operation, 50 watts output power on both VHF and UHF, and a large backlit screen for high-contrast viewing. Get mobile with ICOM's IC7100 D-Star Radio, which provides multiband and all-mode communications, and an angled control head and touchscreen for user-friendly operation. For solid HF operation this season, try ICOM's IC7600. This rig offers advanced DSP technology and three IF roofing filters, dual watch on the same band, and LED backlighting on an ultra-wide 5.8-inch display. Let ICOM brighten your day with their selection of handhelds, mobiles, and HF rigs. Make sure you visit icomamerica.com slash amateur today for more information on ICOM's complete line of amateur radio products. Well, Val, it's good to see you again. It's nice to see you too, George. Uh, it's great to be here. I mean, it's just so exciting, all the people that are here. I mean, you can't even walk 10 feet without seeing a Ham Nation fan or people that you know. I mean, this is the place to be. Well, it is kind of like that. If you go outside, though, you can wander around pretty free because those folks out there are busy looking at all the yeah. treasures. Yes, we, I have a, a bunch of clubs I belong to. They all have uh, tents, so I've been making the rounds outside, too. But we've had gorgeous weather for this. Oh, we do today, that's for sure. So how many years have you been coming here? This is my fifth year. I, I, I skipped the one year that they had the sewer issue, so I, I unintentionally, but it worked out nicely. How about you? I think it's my fourth year, maybe. Yeah, Tommy's shaking his head. It must be my fourth year. So about the same length of time. It's one of those events, if you can, you really need to attend at least once. And usually, if you come once, you'll come every time after that because it is a, it, it is the place to be, and, and you'll never want to miss it again. So what have you got up next as far as a big DX event? Um, well, Jerry, my fiance, is going to Palmyra in January, so uh, that's a big uh, de-expedition on the horizon. So uh, uh, looking forward to that. I know, I know I need that one for an all-time new one as well do as a lot of other people. I think it's teetering near the top ten, not eight, nine, or ten. I think it's on Club Log Most Wanted. Uh, also, we have uh, South Georgia and Herd, I think. Uh, so some good de-expeditions on the horizon coming up. Well, thanks for talking with us, Val. It's always good to see you live in person. We see you every couple of weeks on Ham Nation, but still, it's, it's good to meet in person. Thank, thank you very much, George. Thank you, guys. And it was great to see her. Uh, we, we shot that yesterday. And then we did the, the Ham Nation Forum this morning a little while ago. Well, Tommy, what do you say we give away something? All right. What, what is this? It's one of these cool lab coats like we're wearing. One of these cool lab coats like we're wearing. Okay. One well, of these warm lab coats like we're wearing. Well, yeah. we've only got six, and we're going to give away we some. Got, we got five. We got five. Okay. We're going to give away some of these for uh, viewers at home, but we, we're going to give away some here, too. So we've got to, got to come up with a fair way to do it. So we're going to have a contest, and whoever answers this question first, or at least the first one we hear, will win this lab shirt. Or lab coat, and uh, I guess I'll take off the headphones yeah, so we can it's gonna, hear. It's going to help to be able to hear. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the question is: Episode number one of Amateur Logic. What was the main topic of of that show? What was the main topic? Episode one of Amateur Logic. It's only been ten years. So. Only been ten years, so I know. What? Yeah. 
Wi-Fi. Yeah, that was it. What, what size? That, we, that's an extra alert. That's a, a, All right, this goes to John KD8 uh, that's XL. TMW. Well, congratulations, John. Yeah, Hope congrats. you enjoy that shirt. As a matter of fact, if you had scoot over just a, just a hair, there you are. Say hello to the audience. <laughs> oh, congratulations, John. Congrats. And we're going to have some more of those to give away a little later, but right now we want to get in a, a, a special guy here. As a matter of fact, he is so special. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the ham of the year. Hi, Tim. Hi, George. Hi, good to see you. Tim Duffy, K3LR. Tim, it sure is good to see you again, and uh, as we do every year out here. But, uh, boy, you, you finally got the honor that we've all known you've deserved for years. Well, thank you, George. It's, uh, it's quite an honor to, uh, to be honored by the Dayton Amateur Radio Association as Ham of the Year. Um, I think... Uh, it's it's been an incredible journey 43 years in the hobby and uh i've tried uh to give back every chance i could and and you've certainly done that and uh with your world famous contest station k3lr which we've seen several times on ham nation and around and you guys are always setting new records but also a big event oh i know you do a couple here but the main big event that you do here every year in Dayton, as well as uh, different areas around the world, Contest University. Yeah, Contest University uh, was started nine years ago, and so uh, this year was the ninth time that we did it here in Dayton, but we've had uh, Contest Universities in Australia, in Russia, um, also uh, we've had six of them in Italy, uh, the United wow. Kingdom, and Finland. Uh, so yeah, it uh, it caught fire. The idea really caught fire, and we've had a lot of great professors and over four thousand students um, were were a part of Contest University. Wow! So out of all those, I, and I I shouldn't put you on the spot. <laughs> I was going to ask you though, what which one was the most fun? It's bound to be one of these exotic locations. Well, I, I'll tell you, the exotic locations are fun, but. Uh, the most fun that I've had so far with Contest University was two days ago here in Dayton, Ohio. Um, really? It, it, we had a tremendous lineup of speakers, and uh, Terry, Kate, MNJ helped out and put the whole thing together. So uh, it really was a, uh, a special moment. We had uh, a high school amateur radio club attended, and uh, so their, their instructor was there. And uh, th- they got to see contesting big time right there at uh, CTU here in Dayton. Well, I think one thing a lot of people don't understand, and, and Bob Hall and I were talking about this yesterday. It, the name is Contest University, but that's not all there is to it. I mean, this is for anybody who wants to do DX or just do better at amateur radio. Yes, uh, clearly, and there's a couple of students uh, here in the audience uh, that were there. There's Contest University 2015. Uh, John was there, and uh, John's a relatively new ham, and uh, he got to learn about antennas, about operating, uh, some field day tips. Um, It really does encompass a lot of what goes on, and 
Um, the ARRL's uh, director of emergency operations said the other night that contesters and DXers are some of the best people to have around when there's an emergency situation because they can handle lots of traffic very efficiently. They know how to, to uh, put out a good signal, a good quality signal, and uh, they can deal with adversity. So if there's some thunderstorms or static or, or power line noise, they know how to get around it. So we had uh, 23 different presentations on Thursday, and it was phenomenal. How long does Contest University last? Yeah, it starts right at 7 a.m. in the morning and goes till 5 p.m. nonstop. And uh, there's breaks in there for breakfast and lunch, but it is, uh, it's intense. There's w- one full day? Yes, it's one full day. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, we're going to have to come do that one year, Tommy. Yeah, I was thinking it was a couple of days, but I may come out a day early. Yeah. It's, it's a day early, right? It day is right a day early. It's day. on it's on Thursday, and it's very interesting. We have uh, several students that come to Contest University, and when Contest University is done, they go home. Uh-huh. They don't even come to Hamvention. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, yeah. we need to come out a day early and attend. Yeah. And it's not just about operating either, is it? It's about building your station as well. Is that, that it correct? Is. It is. It um, is. One of the presentations that we have is, is at the end of the day, Rob Sherwood from Sherwood Engineering uh, presents for almost an hour, and he goes through all the latest radios that have been released in the last 12 months. So you can do a lot of research is already done for you uh, if you just attend that, that one session. You can get all the latest and greatest on the radio equipment that's been released. So it is more than just operating. And there's um, there's another event that you are, uh, I guess, kind of sponsor out here that goes on. I don't know. I don't remember. If it's on Friday nights or Saturday nights. A special group of guys. What what is that? Well, actually, we have dinners both Friday and Saturday. Oh, both. Night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so last night, Friday night, was the top band dinner, and these are 160 uh, meter enthusiasts uh, that like to stay up all night long and. Uh, and work uh, our our lowest large uh, frequency band, 160 meters, and it's a it's a unique fraternity. You know, George, uh, 160 meters being close to the broadcast band. There's a lot right. of broadcast guys in there, and it's also known as the gentleman's band. Although there were a lot of ladies in attendance last night, and um, then tonight is the contest dinner. And so there, uh, there's been 26 of these top band dinners in a row here, and 20. This will be the 23rd annual contest dinner, and there'll be almost 500 people that'll show up for that. And the the main speaker is uh, Kay Craigie, N3KN, our ARRL president. So we're very honored uh, to do that. And for the first time in 23 years, because of be, being Ham of the Year. I won't be there at the start. That's what I was going to say. How are you going to make that and, and the uh, honorary dinner as well? Well, th- this dinner is downtown at the Crown Plaza, which is also connected to the, uh, the Dayton Convention Center, where they're having a maker's fair. Oh, boy. And so the traffic is unbelievable, and parking is a problem. So uh, to shuttle back and forth between the awards dinner and uh, the contest dinner... We have a limo lined up that's going to whisk us away and, and then get us back before Kay starts her speech. Wow. Well, it sounds like you've got a full night lined up tonight, Tim. It's, it's an incredible night. Um, 
You know, there's so many things. Uh, last night we had the Spurious Emissions Band. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I have missed that every year, and I've got to see it. You, you know? You've got to see it. Uh, last year, the room that we used got packed with people so bad we couldn't bring the pizza in. So <laughs> this year we expanded it to three times the size. It was still a packed house last night. From 10 to 11, they played, you know, parodies, uh, ham radio songs. And it was, uh, it was one of those nights where you just want to stop time. It was yeah. so much fun. Wow. Well, Tim, we appreciate you stopping by and talking with us. And uh, we'll just mention here, you are uh, with a big company here in the area now. That is DX Engineering, uh, who we're proud to have as a new sponsor on Amateur Logic. Uh, that's that really helps us out a lot, and uh, we're going to be talking about some of the great DX engineering products as we go along. Here, we'll be talking about one here in, in just a few minutes uh, that looks really interesting to me. Something y'all do special there, a little little bit different than everybody else. But we really appreciate having you guys on board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we're very excited about our new partnership with with you and Tommy. And uh, we know you have a very diverse audience and a lot of folks that are just getting started in the hobby. And uh, DX Engineering is committed to helping first-timers or, or guys that are coming back into the hobby make uh, good radio selections and uh, good antenna selections. So uh, we're very proud to be a part of your team, and uh, we appreciate all your help. Well, thank you. And I was just looking at the booth over there earlier. You know, I had never... I'd noticed how long it's been over the years, but I'd never really just stopped and looked at what exactly you had. You've got stuff there that no one else has, and really well made, too. So we're going to be talking about some of that in the future here, some of the specific items. There's some in there that really caught my eye that I said, hey, now that, that's a good idea. So Well, uh, we, we're very fortunate. We've got a lot of great design folks on, on staff, and uh, we do all the manufacturing in Talmadge, Ohio. And the great thing is, uh, George, when you get back home, the the latest and greatest DX Engineering catalog is, is already in your mailbox. Cool. So yeah. it's good reading material for after Dayton, and uh, we're very excited. It's our largest catalog ever. So, um, And take a look. Field Day is on the front of it. All right, Tim. Thanks for stopping by. And once again, congratulations here. Everybody, let's hear it for the ham of the year. Tim Duffy, K3LR. Thanks, Tim. Well, here's Simon ZL2FAE. Simon, what brings you to Hamvention? Uh, second time. Uh, first time was just to have a quick look and uh, scout it out. Second time was to drag a few people back. There's about a dozen of us come from New Zealand. And uh, between me and another guy, we talked to a whole lot of them to bring, bring their wives as well. So uh, the wives are happy and the guys are happy. And uh, second year helping out on uh, Ham Nation stand. Well, we really appreciate that. So y'all came halfway around the world to get here then? Yep, yep. It's only 12 hours though. Uh, yeah. Um, the longest part, you know, getting across to uh, Dayton here has been the uh, day spent in the shopping malls on the way. So uh, the flight was the uh, easy part. So uh, do you watch Amateur Logic as well and see our... Our uh, mate Peter on there. Yep, 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 <clears throat> yep, I see him. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty hard, though, uh, the time zones kill it, so I'm always having to watch stuff offline. Yeah. Um, I try watching, you know, a few times during work, but I have to book out my uh, calendar, and people get grumpy if they can't meet. 
during working time, but uh, we make the most of it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you're starting to really ramp up now, and uh, it's good to see all this happening. And we're looking to see what impacts uh, these kind of shows have on bringing people into ham radio because. Uh, there's an upsurge in the US and we're trying to see what we can do in New Zealand to, to do the same thing. But we don't have the same audience base, but we can leverage off what you guys are doing and say, hey, look at this. Yeah, it's, uh, we speak the same language, basically. I was going to ask you if you're from Alabama, but no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> but I don't know, your, your accent, and it makes sense, sound a lot like Australian to me, but I, I, I know there's... There's a little difference between yeah, the two. There's a huge difference, huge oh, difference. Yep, yep, yep. When we play cricket, we bowl over arm. They bowl under arm. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate you talking with us, Simon. It's been a lot of fun to meet you here. And, uh, hey, let's let's get out here and do some more hamming. Okay, radio. And I've got my toys. I, uh, I've already done my first shot. And uh, so I'm now on to uh, D-Star. Uh, now I can kick the dongle into touch. I've got a little 51. Handy talkie, and uh, pick that up here at uh, at the show. So uh, yeah, it's good. All right, cool. Seven three, seven three. Boy, Simon was uh, was a lot of fun to visit with there. He does a, a lot of uh, help there with some of the ham nation stuff. Tommy, yeah. who have we got here? Well, I call him Goose, but I'm gonna let him say his name. I'm sure I probably butcher it every time. My name is Goose. Hoos? Yes. Okay. Thank you. So swap the G with an H. Hoos. Okay. Van Doren, right? Yeah. Okay. What's your call sign? My call sign is PE1PLN. Okay. From Holland. And uh, I'm sure you guys have seen my segment on the DV Mega. Goose is the creator of that, right? That's right, yeah. 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 So I appreciate you being on with us. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I know you got some new things that you've been working on. I don't want to spoil. I'll let you kind of tell us what you've been doing. But you got a lot of cool toys on the horizon, right? Yeah, that's true. Last year I came here, uh, I had only the, the, the uh, Raspberry Pi hotspot uh, uh, radio. Yeah. And in that year uh, I did the GMSK modem, uh, the MB module, the dual band radio, all shields for the Arduino. Right. Yeah, so um, the, the dual band, which one of these are available now? Uh, I know the, the DV Mega that I have, the single band one, I know that's been available for a while. Yeah. But uh, what about the other ones? All the modules I mentioned are, are available. However, we don't have the, 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 the MB module now uh, in stock. It's only one, one and a half week. But they are all, uh, all available uh, for all the units of basic software. Firmware is available. And uh, in the next two, three weeks, uh, we, will, we, will, we will release more applications, for example, that you can make a mini transceiver with your MB3000 module and the dual band radio or the high-power transceiver with the MB and the GMSK modem. Okay, that sounds great. Um, the what, what software can you use with the uh, with your with your modules that you're making with your uh, hotspots? At this moment, uh, you can use the G4K Lix software, which is available in several version, uh, uh, several images. Uh, first, you have the PC version, uh, of course, mm-hmm. and the Raspberry Pi images from from I think eight or nine uh, sources. Uh, Fred KA4IBR is working on the support in his CONDIV or WINDIV, uh, I believe. Okay. And uh, I have to mention David uh, Grotendorst, uh, PE7LIM. He's doing a new development for an Android app 
Oh, okay. And that will uh, uh, carry the gateway. He's doing the gateway, and it, your phone or tablet communicates via Bluetooth with uh, with the uh, uh, with the Arduino where the MB is plugged on. And so you can uh, um, make connection with the reflectors without having a Raspberry or a PC. Okay. So can I actually talk on my phone, or you still need the radio? Uh, that's that's the idea. That's the next step. Now we make use of the MB3000 uh, module and dual band radio to make a sort of a hybrid uh, hotspot. Okay. So you can take your microphone or your handheld radio. The next step is that we take the PCM stream from your phone to the MB and back in D-Star uh, uh, format. So, yes, that you can use your microphone and your speaker of your phone as a handheld. Okay, cool. And, and all these that you're making now, they're based on the Arduino, right? Yes. So all of the modules. So you've got a, a radio that you can swap the modules out just by plugging on the shields? Yeah, yeah, okay. that is, yeah. yeah choose for the Arduino because it's 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 uh, very easy to, to to program many libraries are available the module is very cost effective and it's popular it's it's uh, these days Raspberry Pi and Arduino are I think the most popular modules to experiment with on on software base yeah we we use them I'm sure you've seen we use them a lot in our, yeah. in our show here a lot of our projects yeah. that we do so they're great yeah, we kind of like both of them. I, Tommy is the Raspberry Pi guy. I'm more the Arduino guy, though. Okay, yeah. next next unit I sent to you. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, that, that that whole genre of products are really just perfect because um, it's a building block, and and you just uh, for most part you just write software for these once you know the hardware is there, and that, that's what I've always said. That's why. I studied electronics in college, but um, I'm a software developer now, and I've always said writing software is is like uh, building something without running to Radio Shack to pick up parts. You know? No soldering iron. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a new way of, 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 of experimenting, of, of homebrew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, It's a lot of fun. Actually, that's why I chose writing software as my profession. So. It's yeah. sort of like getting paid to play around on the computer. So so now though you have dual band, yeah, dual band, dual band, and is it? Um, what's the power of that? The power of, of the dual band radio is ten milliwatt. All right, so it's about equivalent to the other products that are out there. Exactly, the, yeah. we are using the, the cha- same chip. It's the ADF seventy twenty one, which is capable of, of doing uh, GMSK four FSK. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. It's, okay. it's actually a radio and a modem in one. Oh, in one chip. In one chip, yeah. Do you have to do a lot of um, uh, frequency-dependent components along with with that chip? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, you have the, the loop filter for the PLL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have, of course, the P filter on the RF uh, side. So and it's, it's not easy to, to, to make one chip. Uh, uh, um, compatible for VHF and UHF, so that's why I, I decided to make a, a radio out of two chips and two separate filters with with a, a duplex filter at the end. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah. Um, Tommy, what is your favorite software to use with? Uh, uh, I'm trying to pronounce your name. Hoose's product is that right? Very good. 
Very, yeah, that's probably the best one yet. Uh, well, I use the Jonathan Naylor software, and uh, I really enjoy uh, David PD7 L. PD7 L I M. L I M. Okay. Anyway, I, I really enjoy his uh, Android app, so I can yeah. use it to connect to the reflectors and so forth without having to use the, the radio. Although the radio is easy, I, I usually carry my phone around with me. It just yeah. kind of makes it really fast. But, but uh, yeah, he's got it right there. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you that's stick it in front of the camera for us yeah. over there. That's a we'll remote take control. A look. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's really yeah. handy. It's uh, there. It is. Nice. Yeah. So that's he's actually quite good at making uh, yeah. apps and and, and yeah, good so. ideas. Uh, the app has the the. I talk now about the gate uh, the gateway app. It has uh, information from the from the RF stream and from the network stream. So we have GPS position data, can do anything on, 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 on uh, maps, uh, yeah. GPS position. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. You know, everybody always says D-Star is hard, but and, and in the beginning it was a little bit of a learning curve, but all, all that stuff's out the window now, so there's really no excuses not to dive in. Mm, no, no, and, no. And this is just one more company that's... I call you a company. Are you a company? I am, I am a company. Okay. I have. I own a company. All right. <laughs> All right. So it's one more company making D Star products. D Star is not just an ICOM thing. It's uh, it's an open standard, and there's several manufacturers out there now doing this yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. one. That was one of my reasons to to show first that the protocol is not propriety, right. and that. Ecom is is making nice transceivers, but not the only yeah. one who is doing these type equipment. Yeah, the, but what you've got, what you're making, uh, is a nice accompaniment to their radios. Because uh, I, I love my ID fifty one, but I use your DV Mega to get on. You know, I basically have my repeater almost anywhere. So that's what I need, Tommy. It is I, what you. Yeah, need. It is what I need. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been using, and you were in, in the booth with the same guys over here. You're in with Northwest digital radio in the booth yes i've been using one of their dv 3000s and i have an id 51 too but i'm far enough from the repeater that i i can't reach it with with the handy talkie i can with my 880 but uh i I need to get one of your rigs so i can uh just work it right there out of the shack on the handy so we have to chat afterwards yeah we'll have to (laughs) chat after the show tonight no problem yeah uh well um anything else that you can tell us. I know everything you're doing is brand new and experimental, but any sneak peeks you want to let out uh, before we uh, go here? Uh, yeah, I can. We we uh, we are uh, investigating uh, more digital uh, motors because the radio and the MB can do more. Mm-hmm. And again, it's all experimental uh, use, but uh, yes, we are investigating more digital motors. Okay, yeah. so you're going to make a... a I guess a multi-mode setup at some point here in the future. Yes. I think that's what everybody's wanting, you know. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Well, Huss, we, we appreciate, and I hope I said that right. No, we, you missed it that I time. I missed it that time. I accept it. <laughs> he accepts it. We appreciate you stopping by. It's always great to see you here in Dayton. And, uh, wow, we really like the work that you're doing, uh, bringing D-Star and, and in the future here other digital modes out to the public, especially in, in this kind of experimental way where other people can write software and, and bridge onto it. and yeah. Yeah, just, It's, it's you know, tailor-made for hams. Yep. So yep. all about experimenting. Yep, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, 7-3. And, uh, Thank you. And good luck with it. Yeah. We're looking forward to hearing more in the future. Thank you. Yeah, thank you yep. for joining us. 
When you're building your station, don't overlook the importance of selecting the right coaxial cable. To make things easier, DX Engineering offers an extensive line of pre-made coaxial cable assemblies that will maximize your station's performance. Each low-loss cable assembly is fitted with DX Engineering's revolutionary new PL259 connector. The patent-pending hybrid PL259 design has the best qualities of both crimp-on and solder-on connectors. These features make it ideal for single or double-shielded coaxial cables. The silver-plated center pin has a deep scallop to promote excellent solder flow inside the conductor. The connector's enhanced crimp shield creates 360 degrees of electromechanical continuity. Each connector has PTFE insulation for optimal isolation. The overall design of the connector prevents arcing within the SO239 and ensures a low-loss connection. DX Engineering's new PL259 is installed along with heat shrink tubing, which makes the cable waterproof. Before the assembly leaves DX Engineering's Ohio headquarters, it endures rigorous high-pot testing. And the only place you can get this revolutionary new PL259 connector is on the DX Engineering coaxial cable assembly. Of course, DX Engineering's coaxial cable assemblies can be fitted with many connector types. This includes BNC, Type-N, or Type-F connectors. If you prefer to build your own, DX Engineering's high-performance coaxial cable is available separately, either by the foot or in bulk spools. DX Engineering has a huge assortment of connector options for virtually any application. For custom links and assembly options, contact DX Engineering. DX Engineering ships faster than anyone else in the industry. If you get your order in by 10 p.m. Eastern and it's in stock, it'll be on the truck headed your way tonight. With its proven products and expert advice, DX Engineering is helping shrink the globe. Request a catalog or shop online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at DXEngineering.com. Hey, ran into an amateur logic friend, Bob. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing good, Tommy. Good to meet you guys. Yeah, you enjoying your time here at Hamvention? I really am. I'm looking forward to it. Um, this is my fourth year. I started, no, third year, because I started coming right after uh, I saw your first show and I saw Bob Heil and the whole Ham uh, Nation group on TV, and that's how I kind of got uh, got into the hobby. Oh, great. So, uh, this has been real fun. I really enjoy it. So you've been watching Amateur Logic since the first episode? Not. Uh, I think you guys, I came in in the middle, and then I had to do some catching up, because you'd been around before Ham Nation, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we were one of the first ones. Right. We, uh, we've been around, as you know, I guess you know, this year, October will be 10 years. Right. So, oh gosh, I came in in the middle, but um, I really enjoyed all the stuff you guys do, and it's kind of fun because you got that same quirky sense of humor I do, so I really enjoy that. Yeah, that's that's a nice way to put it. I appreciate you being uh, pretty pleasant about it. Well, it's it's a lot of fun though, and uh, and you know the people I've met through the hobby have just been great. I really have met some of the best people in the world. Great. Well, I appreciate you coming by and talk to us. Well, it's good, nice to see you. Thanks. We're going to get on a special guest here in just a moment. We want to give away a couple more of these stylish Icom Amateurlogic TV. What are they called? Lab coats. Lab coats. Lab coats. Let us. Do do a modeling here. Let's let's have a um, no, a stand no, up and see see what it looks like here. Boy, now, now that's a classic. If you had one of these, uh, I mean, you would certainly be the best dressed ham at the ham fest. No doubt. So we got a couple of these. We're going to give away here. We're going to give away one to the crowd here, and we're going to give away one to the uh, live stream viewers. 
So uh, I tell you what, let's give away uh, one to the live stream viewers first. Here's what you need to do. Nothing special. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's make it the same, same contest. You know, when we started Amateur Logic, we had uh, three people, didn't we, Tommy? We did. It was, uh, it was you, it was me, and it was one other guy. Yep. And that was Gomer, um, Jim. <laughs> uh, y'all remember Jim, I, I think. The, Some of you are, are shaking your head there. Uh, Jim, and, and nobody say anything uh, until, we, until we say go. Jim was famous for one thing. What was Jim famous for? Anybody know? What is, what is Jim best known for? And you've already won, so. <laughs> but I bet you knew the answer. Yeah. No, nope, not gravy. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I'm really surprised. You have to think way back. This was, even Gordo knows what Jim was famous for. Oh, I don't know, George. You don't know. I bet you do if you thought about it. Oh, come on. It's a, wow. It's on the opening. <laughs> yeah, it's actually on, uh, well, yeah, it kind of is. Uh, let me give you a, a little hint. Parts recovery. Is anyone? Wow, I can't believe it. We're going to have to get Jim to come back on, Tommy. It's been so long since he's been on. Nobody really remembers. Are going to give it away? I, I guess we're going to give it away. Um, I guess we're going to have to do something else. Uh, maybe we ought to come a little more. More current? More current. There was a, uh, in our Christmas episode, the, the most recent Christmas episode of Amateur Logic, there were a... Uh, a group of ladies on there that uh, did a special song. They they were telegraph operators, and we just want to know what was the name of that song. Anyone? I don't. Nope, nope. Th- these were were a, a famous group of telegraph operators that did a song on the Christmas episode of Amateur Logic. Tommy, I can't believe no one knows that. I've got it right here on the computer, too. I'll tell you what. You've got it there. We played it earlier. Play that little tune that you've got there, and if someone can identify the artist, they'll win. The one we did did, uh, at the beginning there. But that's not the same one you just asked the question about. No, it's not. Nobody got the. <laughs> nobody got it. Uh, y'all need to go watch that Christmas episode. You've you've really been missing it. Thank who who Thank is the artist much. here? I'll have a Christmas. That's right, Rock and Ray. <laughs> I, I don't think it sounds like Ray either, but Tommy I, swears I it know, is. I know it's Ray. It's got to be. NK8J. <laughs> That's our winner, Tommy. All right. Right here. We got an XL and an XL. You want an XL or an XL? XL. All right. Congratulations, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, Ray. Now, how's it? Ray and I both say that's that that's not Ray, but. Tommy I'll say, swears I'll say it, it is. is. I'll say yeah. it is. <laughs> well, without any further ado, we've got one more guest to bring up here that needs no introduction. So, oh, yeah. The, you guys at home, if you want to win one of these, then send an email to Dayton at AmateurLogic.tv. And uh, 
identify that first question we had there. What is uh, Jim famous for? Email your answer to Dayton at AmateurLogic.tv, and uh, you might win that one right there. Come on up here. Ladies and gentlemen, Gordon West. Hi, Gordo. How are you, Tommy? Hi, George. Hi. You want a set of these? Oh, no. Who needs headphones? All the sharp kids. we got great ICOM audio, so no (laughs) headphones needed. All the nice kids are wearing them this year. They're they're the Hiles. Well, if they're (laughs) Hile headphones, I will wear them. (laughs) Well, Gordo, I I know you have been busy. I've seen you over here in your booth. Do you ever get a chance to get out and, and look around Hamvention? Um, I did. I told him I was going to come by the ICOM booth, and I'm going to spend about an hour here just looking at the great ICOM gear. And uh, with us, uh, Eric uh, Nelson, all the way from North Pole, Alaska, KL7AJ, he and I are going to check out ICOM. Well, Eric, just come up here and say hello. We don't, a lot of folks don't know who this is. I know who this is, Gordo. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Eric. Good to see you. We met earlier, and uh, you are a co-author on some books with Gordon, aren't you? Yeah, I've been, uh, I guess, co-conspirator on the new uh, license manuals. I like that term, (laughs) (laughs) co-conspirator. I got to say, you two guys really, all I've seen now is the technician guide. You nailed it. I mean, it it is just perfect. I don't know of, of any... Anyway, it could have been any better. Well, it's a labor of love, and I've put some of my own sardonic humor in there, which is uh, yeah. You know, which we're we're into that, you know. <laughs> we're we're into the uh, uh, different humor, you know. Hams like that. Uh, well, Eric, um, I just want to say, uh, and to you too, Gordon, congratulations on some great books there. And we're looking forward to a lot more in the future. Well, thank you very much. And we are working on the extra, even, even as we speak. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, All Eric. All right. And we love your show. Oh, you, you've seen my show? Absolutely. We learn a well, lot of tricks. Yeah. There you go. There's your... Uh, oh, oh, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, I appreciate okay. you saying that. <laughs> uh, well, great. Yeah. Uh, it, the, you're talking about Ham College. Ham College. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the new one that um, that Tommy and I have just started here. Uh, we've had how many? Three or four episodes now? Uh, four. Four episodes now, and uh, you know, we we look at your material when when we're doing the show. We before we get on there and and we we figure out what our opinion is, but we double check to see what Gordo thinks about it. <laughs> you know. But. Uh, yeah, well, we appreciate that, and and we just hope we're making some more hams along the way. You know, that's that's the goal. Well, if ever you wanted to see some great demos, uh, I don't know where you come up with some of them, but um, I've got to look at over and over again. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, thanks. We we usually try to make those in. <clears throat> getting a little hoarse here. We usually try to make those in context with the question yeah. people that we're trying to review. So whatever yeah. whatever fits the subject of the month. Yeah, like. Uh, uh, the, the last one, you know, we were talking about batteries, so we pulled out the lemons. Yeah, you know. and I've tried it. One on end and one fell over. Mm-hmm. But, you, but what if you stick your tongue to it? Um, I can't get it around a double-A battery. Now, <laughs> Ray has been trying to tell me how to do it, but it ain't long enough to go all the way. A 9-volt I could do. 
a nine volt works just fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to agree. Isn't that, that the way that hams uh, test batteries? How many hams test it with a nine? Yeah, we all do, or we let the kids do it. <laughs> and if you hear, ah, then you know it's a good battery, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, Gordon, what um, what have you been doing at Hamvention this year? You know, we did that form together this morning. We we did. It was great. And uh, Leo Laporte says to say hi to all of you. And the uh, best part of Hamvention is just going out to the flea market first and then coming in here and seeing all the gear. There's some great stuff at flea markets, but you know what you don't see much of, George and Tommy, is uh, marine radio gear because it's so reliable that we see here with ICOM gear that's so reliable. And me being a boater, I always enjoy looking at all the marine radios. And I know that uh, if ICOM comes out first with a marine radio, it'll ultimately be a ham radio with all that great capabilities to keep wet things out of it. Now, on the water, of course, it's seawater. But hams, you know, how many people have spilled a martini in your radio? No. Never happens. Uh, Orange juice? I've done that. Maybe a beer? Uh, Yeah, maybe a beer. (laughs) But uh, there's a chance that it'll survive if it's the ICOM gear because it's got to resist seawater. You know what happens when you get seawater on a PCB? That copper gets sucked up, not with ICOM because they conformal coat it with, I don't know what, but it's a great goo. It's it's the the great goo. And you heard it right here from Gordo. He ought to know. (laughs) (laughs) And in California, you need that great goo on your radio, don't you? I mean, Uh, we do. We have no water in California. So um, (laughs) it's just salt then. Yeah, just just salt. We ran out of water. (laughs) Well, um, well, you you know, we get together every week on Ham Nation and I always have a big time. You bring those uh, short shots. Gordon's wearing the short shorts. I mean, I don't don't know if y'all noticed when he got up here, but that's kind of what I call it. Have you taken any photos here that we're going to be seeing? I I have. There was so much great gear inside that I took it mainly outside. And these are troopers out there that last night, I guess there was like a micro, um, I don't know what it was, but the tents were this way and the things were that way. But that's what makes ham radio fun is going out there and did you see all the swap stuff tommy yeah, actually i took a little tour out there earlier uh i went looking for uh, some hdmi connectors and i just took the long way around out there and looked. oh it, it's great so yeah my tour was the outside for the first two mornings yeah we got out there yesterday morning uh before the bottom fell out and uh and, and got to see a little bit, but still, we have never made it all the way through, and I don't, I don't guess anyone has. No, no, it's impossible. It's such a huge hamvention that uh, seeing all of the stuff outside. I don't. Do everybody see it all outside? Yep. And as good hams, George and Tommy, we always buy spares to back up the spares for that drawer of right. spares. Right. You know that infamous drawer, and the wives say, "Well, do you really need that?" Well, we'd like to have it because one day you need a 9-volt adapter for something, and there it is out of your spare drawer. There you go. That's as long as the spare drawer is not too full. Uh, most of them are. Yeah. Sometimes you will go back and buy another spare because you didn't realize the half dozen spares you already had. That, that's but right. That, that is, happens a lot. <clears throat> yep. Absolutely correct. Well, you two are having fun here in the ICOM America booth. Uh, what did you see exciting other than the great ICOM gear? I want that gold-plated one over there. <sighs> well, I saw Ray in his Elvis suit earlier. Oh. That was exciting. 
But uh, no, I've seen a lot of uh, a, a lot of what I think is new stuff here this year, and I haven't had time to stop and and look at it and video it like I would like to. We've just been so busy. Uh, but man, ham radio just keeps growing. I mean, you think, okay, this is it. We've done all we can do, but no, there's always something else. Oh yeah, and I watch. Um Watch ICOM's uh, D-Star. That is such a powerful digital system. Uh, there's other digitals out there, and they always compare them to D-Star. So you know you're in the uh, lead when everybody compares theirs to what has been so well established, and that is the many D-Star viewers uh, that say that they communicate regularly on D-Star, and they love it because they end up all over the United States. There, there's one yeah, right there. Yeah, I, I love it. I use it almost every single day. I, I travel a lot, but I'm kind of wearing that out saying that. But yeah. anyway, I take my, my D-Star gear with me and use it in the hotel. It's really great. And, and you know, uh, Goose, we had on our hoose, we had on here just a <laughs> moment ago, he builds D-Star devices, and there's several companies now building those. So it's not just an ICOM thing anymore. There's there's other D-Star gear that you can get. and. Uh, so when you hear that that term, no, that's that's ICOM's standard. That's their thing. No, it's not. It's open, you know. So anybody can build it who wants to, really. And one of the best parts about D-Star is the new gear is able to memorize local repeaters in the area, so you don't yep. have to be going through the repeater yeah. book. They now load up thanks yeah. to ICOM America. Yeah, that's a great feature. Yeah. So Gordo, what? Um, what have you got planned for us uh, in the future here on uh, Ham Nation? I know you've bound to have seen some things out here that kind of sparked a little interest and that that we're going to be seeing in future shows here, or do you not want to give it away yet? Oh, no, I'm happy to give it away. We've taken plenty of photographs of your vehicle and your vehicle, you know, the one with about eight antennas on it, <laughs> and um, I'm always amazed. There's someone with a smart car that came all the way from Brooklyn, New York, and I couldn't even see the driver. It was just piled with stuff. But, of course, he had an icon down there to Keaton Company on his way out. So um, we'll have some great short shots. And next uh, uh, edition of Ham Nation, we're going to do short shots of all the excitement outside. And then we'll have some great shots inside. We really appreciate you stopping by and chatting with us today. Because, you know, we just can't get enough, Gordo. You know, everybody... Everybody uh, recognizes you. If if they don't recognize you uh, just by seeing you, when you open your mouth, they know who it is. <laughs> well, sort of like me, too. I get that. Uh, I knew when I heard you. That, that's who you were. Uh, do you get that? Yeah, yeah, we do. And uh, you and Tommy are so well recognized by your great shows. Keep up the great work. And all you listeners and viewers and ICOM users, thank you for your support. Because this is what makes ham radio happen. Thank you all for having me aboard. And Eric Nelson, all the way from North Pole, Alaska. Is it snowing up there, Eric? Oh, okay. Same weather as in here. So uh, 73, and uh, just absolutely delighted to be here aboard Amateur Logic in the ICOM booth. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Gordo. Our good friend from Canada, Mike Morneau, VE3MIC. Hi, Mike. Let's hear it. This, this is the guy who is uh, responsible for the last two Amateur Logic 
Christmas specials, as well as a, a whole uh, host of other hijinks and all going on associated with the show. Lots of hijinks. Lots of hijinks. You may have to hold that mic there. It, uh, it's a little short. Mike, it's so good to finally meet you. We've never met in person. We've never met. Um, so, you've been on the show quite a number of times. Though. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't really kept yeah, up. Times. Probably seven, eight, nine times. I'm maybe. always uh, causing trouble in the chat room. You, you are. Uh, you're in the Ham Nation <laughs> chat room as well a lot. We, we've got a few things here though, because you did some uh, some custom things for Amateur Logic uh, over the years, and uh, well. Let's just take a look at one of them right here. I think, Tommy, you'll recognize this one. Yeah, that's my Father's Day picture. Yeah. Well, where, where these come from is uh, we're, we're present on most of the social media sites, and Mike hangs around on Google Plus the most, right, Mike? And, Pretty uh, much. And posts these in the Amateur Logic uh, Google Plus group. So that's a lot of uh, fun stuff in that group. If you're not a member there, go join and check it out. Tommy claims those aren't his kids, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we've got a couple more here that, uh, well, here's one. Tell us, set this one up for us. Mike, when did this one come about? Well, I believe that one was the uh, St. Patrick's Day one that just passed. And, uh, well, you know, George, he, he's got all the answers, so I figured, uh, yeah, we'd put him in there, and, and Tommy is trying to explain his uh, pot of gold PL259s. It was perfect timing <laughs> I, on I've that. I've had to explain those more than once. You know, my mother was actually a postmaster, so I could kind of... Oh, there you, you go. Know, all in the family sort of thing there. Uh, and we've got uh, oh, one or two more here. Now, this one, we had we heard this song earlier, yeah, and, and I know there's a particular guy here who's not going to want to see this, but um, where did you come up with the idea of this one, Mike? It's hard to say. It just It just fit. It was just right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. <laughs> you just can't. Uh, you just can't get enough of that one. I mean, what what can you say? Um, I think we got another one here. This one uh, are these a Canadian crew? They're here? notorious Canadians from out east. From out east, and yep. And you know, most folks didn't know that Tommy and I had ever spent any time in Canada. I originally found a new barber. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Peter has grown a beard and hair, yeah. both, but uh, trailer park cams. Yeah, we just needed some whips on that car there. That's right. <laughs> About 30 or six, 40. Yeah, six, six or seven. Yeah. yeah. That would have made it perfect. Well, Mike, uh, uh, you know, after this past year's Christmas episode, and you guys who hadn't seen the Amateur Logic Christmas episode, you got to go see the last two years. I'm I'm telling you, it's the uh, funniest 60 Minutes in Ham Radio. Yeah, we, we've been doing the show for almost 10 years, and, and that is the funniest. I actually literally laugh out loud every time I watch that one myself. Yeah, yeah. Even my wife and kids watched it and, and well, got a hoot. Your, uh, your kids uh, were uh, participated in one of those, I believe, didn't they? I, actually, yeah. Um, two of my daughters. You tricked them into doing it. I tricked them into doing it. They didn't know they were going to be the chipmunks, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember which song it was. Now it was one of them, though. Uh, but but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And oh gee, I, I guess we can give it away. You know, we we were saying that was Santa Ray, that was singing uh, Blue Christmas. Mike, it just doesn't it doesn't sound like Ray to me. <laughs> okay, it was Mike. 
<laughs> it was Mike. Okay. Tommy said it was me, but it was uh, somebody that we know. Yeah, it was somebody at we'll this leave table it at that. besides Mike or myself. <laughs> but no, it it was. Uh, I, I was yeah. lip syncing. He, he was lip syncing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, if you got any idea. Oh, oh, and let me just mention we recently did. Uh, some uh, DV3000 and Thumb DV uh, segments on Amateur Logic that uh, use those great devices there from, uh, let's see, that's Northwest Digital. Digital. Northwest Digital Radio. Yeah. And I had one of them, and, uh, and Mike here had one, and we had been talking about building these things, and we were looking around at how hard it was. The information was just scattered everywhere. Mike, I want to thank you for what you did. You pulled it all together and put it in one place. Well, that was great. Uh, it ended up being a lot of work. It wasn't at first. <laughs> I, I just it was. It was a uh, turned into a living document, and uh, uh, we just I thought of something else. Oh, that's got to go in there, and it just mm-hmm. one after it started out as a twelve-page document. I think it's forty-six pages now. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got to do another D-Star. We do. And that one covered everything that, that you need to know to get up and running, including configuring your Raspberry Pi or, or whatever. And your router. And your router. So if you've got a, a, a DV3000 or a Thumb DV or, or you're interested in those, go check out that episode of Amateur Logic. And uh, we've got links in there to Mike's document. Between those two, you're going to be able to get it up and running with very little trouble at all. A lot of fun. I didn't do D-Star before that project, and uh, a lot of uh, email have come in since then, and uh, people thanking me for the guide and thanking me for Amateur Logic and the episode that was done, and they're asking for more. Yeah, I actually had some people stop me yesterday, uh, three or four of them, and, and mention that guide and thanked us for putting that out there, so I, I told them you did it. Yeah, it was a great resource, and I, I know we've got, uh, well, we're just kind of roughly in some talks about another D-Star project we won't talk about right now till we yeah, know we'll it's going to happen. We'll finalize it a little bit first. But we, you and I are working on another project that we haven't talked about yet. We, we are. And it, it's a, uh, a double-secret project that will be coming out soon that just about anyone here could build. And I hope it's not musical. And you, No, it's not. Good. And you probably want one if you have an oscilloscope. You definitely want one, and it's, it, it, this project doesn't get much simpler than that. No. And no, anybody that's got a scope is going to want to build this because uh, it's a, a very useful tool and allows you to do in-circuit testing. So, Yeah. Uh, something you you want to check out it uh, probably be in the next episode. I've I've got everything laid out there and uh, we'll be putting that together. And have you built yours yet? Oh, I'm be way behind you, George. Well, I haven't started, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you could be behind. <laughs> but we've got the parts. We have the parts. All right, we've got parts. We're going to build something. Well, Mike, any idea what? I mean, after this past December's Christmas show. Any thoughts on what we might do this holiday season? I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to Ray about that one first to see what he's got in mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for my next album? For the next for album, For the next yes. album. I thought there was going to be a country western album. That could happen. It, it very well could, yeah. <laughs> That's a scary thought. That's a scary thought, but hey, he said it, so he's in for the long haul now. Yeah, there was a list of songs for the, for the album, and I can't remember what they were, though. Yeah. Yeah, I can't either. I'll have to look back through my emails. Email. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Mike, what what have you seen at uh, Hamvention that? This is like you know. Disneyland for well, to put it in uh, Bob Hiles' words, uh, Disneyland for geeks. And it is. Uh, if you don't find it at Dayton, you don't find it. Um, if it's not here, yeah. it doesn't exist, basically. Right, right. <laughs> it never did. It was just a figment of your imagination. Or it hasn't been invented yet. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm so glad that you came down and uh, visited with us this, this time around because, as I mentioned earlier, we've never met before. Just uh, only on the Internet and uh, through and, Skype and, and Skype, working yeah. together on these shows. And Yeah, I had no idea you were coming. It's a nice surprise. Yeah. Uh, it's great to be here. And you're wearing the right hat, too. Yes, I did that for Ray. For Ray? Uh, but it's got and Canada it, on it. It does. Wow, customized. Well, you know, I guess we're going to have to wrap up this thing. We've got, uh, let's, let's get Mike to help us. How many more of these lab coats do we have, Tommy? I think we got, we got two left. Help us out here. We need a question for the audience here that they won't all answer at once, but that at least better than Tommy and I have been doing because nobody could answer any of our questions. Questions? Any ideas? Okay, how about this one? What is the better connector of choice for UHF? PL259 or type? I think this fellow over here said it first. You couldn't even get it out of your mouth, could you? I, it's like the game shows on it's TV. Like, it is like a game show. All right, well, uh, let's see your call sign. KC0 OUZ. OUZ. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. And we got one more here. And uh, what is the ratio for your common solder, uh, lead versus tin? What is the most common value for that? What percent lead and what percent tin is the most common for lead solder? There's our winner. Have you got a call sign? Do you have a call sign? No call sign? Oh, I can't see it. AB9BF. All right, congratulations. This has been great. Mike, it's good to see you. Always fun. We're going to catch up with you after the show. But right now, we need to get Rock and Ray back up here so we can uh, round this shindig out. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ray, we've had a fun time here. It's uh, It's been a blast. You know, when we first started talking about doing a live stream from here, I said, uh, uh, yeah, maybe... Maybe next, we can next do year? that. I said, let's don't do the green screen. I don't think we can make a green screen work. And uh, lo and behold, it uh, I think it worked. From what we're seeing here, it looks like it did. Have we had the, the icon booth in the background the whole time? Uh, well, we had one other uh, guy in there with the icon Santa hat on. But, um, okay. you know, it, you, you may not uh, want to look at that again. No, no, no. That's... <laughs> Not safe for work, not safe for TV, and unfortunately, it's all over the Internet now. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was already all over it. Yeah. 
But apparently some of these guys here have not seen or heard about your album, Ray, so we're going to have to make sure they're keenly aware of it in the future. Would you like to hear me sing a few lines? Yes. <laughs> uh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there we go. It's uh, sort of, you do the, the uh, Milli Vanilli style, I guess. Yes, yes yeah. sir, yes, sir. So they you'll took, be... They ta- they've already stripped me of all of my awards and everything mm-hmm. else. The royalty had to be paid back. So you'll be, uh, as soon as we clear off the table here, breakdancing on the stage. Is that, is that correct? Uh, I'll only break if I fall off the stage. Okay. Well, we appreciate you um, having us here and hosting this, uh, this fun event. Well, it's, it's definitely been an adventure. I mean, it has been an adventure. All the things that we were talking about, well, if this doesn't work, this doesn't work, and it all came together. Uh, those that are watching live right now are seeing the green screen, and really, yeah. you'll have to watch it again on the downloads to, to really appreciate what yeah. all George and Tommy has pulled off here. Actually, everything went went pretty smoothly on it. The only problems were we did have some problems with the streaming. The, the devices we wanted to use for streaming just would not cooperate, so we're streaming with a webcam. So, yeah, you folks at home, you, you, are, uh, you didn't see the videos, but you heard everything, and the download will be there in a few days, so uh, you can check it out there. Everyone here, you got to see everything. All of that worked, except I think, um, I don't remember who it was. I think I had uh, maybe Ted Randall's lower third on Tim Duffy for about half the time he was here. Okay. So things I do d- slip by. Eh, it happens to the best of us. I mean, live TV is, is exciting. There's yep. no telling what you have. and You didn't have any wardrobe malfunctions? No. None we can talk about. None that we can. People are still here. No one. I didn't hear anybody screaming or crying. Yeah, and that's a good thing. We did not have the Twit censored logo queued up to go here. So we we could not. And we did have Gordon on here, and it censored did not come. Okay. And there actually was a wardrobe malfunction. It was below table line, though, and I didn't bring it up. So. Oh, we appreciate everyone oh, man. stopping by to uh, spend some time with us this afternoon. I don't even know what to say. To it, it's been great fun. Thanks, Ray. Uh, thanks to everyone here at ICOM. Uh, thanks for all the sponsors that uh, helped make Amateur Logic possible. ICOM America, MFJ, our friends over at DX Engineering. We couldn't do it without the support of guys like you because it really Absolutely. is a lot of work. And we really did bring a lot of gear in here just, just to do this. And, and we have more that we use for every episode. But uh, we appreciate everyone that's been with us for the past uh, 10 years. And those of you who's only been with us uh, since this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You need to go check out uh, AmateurLogic.tv and see what you've been missing. we got a lot of fun stuff out there. and got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, you do. And people have, have been known to do it. Uh, one guy... Um, I, didn't he go through, uh, like, all 77 episodes in a weekend? He sure did. When when they found him, they, fortunately, we were able to revive him and <laughs> get the ambulance there in time. But uh, Well, they couldn't know. see off camera, you know. You see all the rock videos where you this happens. There's yeah. a guy that's over there doing this to show yeah. his amateur yeah. logic TV. Yeah, y'all didn't see that uh, on the, the live stream here, but... Um, they quickly wrestled him to the ground, and it's all over with now. Yeah, he's so. still standing right there. Watch out now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's, okay. he's like, he's hey, move around here in front of the camera. He's, he's like Tommy and I. He's full grown, too. We did want people that were wearing the colors to uh, 
to come here. Oops. A little it's bit, got a little bit to your left, sir. Yeah. Uh, boy, if you if you'll pull that, uh, John, if you'll pull that ribbon down there. There we there go. There we go. The best dressed ham at the ham fest, ladies and gentlemen. The best dressed one, yes. Yeah. Except for the ones that are wearing these lab coats, and uh, and they're the best dressed ones too. Yeah, the other best dressed. Ones. The other best dressed ones, yes, definitely. Well, thanks for being here, Ray. Any final words of wisdom? I asked everybody for some words of wisdom. Nobody's come up with any yet that we we're bona fide. Shall we do this again? Uh, give me a call. All right. All right. I didn't say here. I said, shall we do this again? Oh. Uh, well, you just have to stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to stay tuned. All right, well, thank you. And, Tommy, I think you're going to lead us out with a theme song. I'm just going to say thanks for uh, all the work you guys did. Man, you really put on a good spread yeah. here. The setup was really great, and we're going to have to step up our. Yeah. Yeah, that happens too, Ray, you know. It was Tommy throwing his voice out here to our uh, friend Will, who we talked to last year. Say hello, Will. Como esta, amigo? It's not often that you can stomp Ray, but uh, <laughs> Will just did it. So. Uh, good to see you and, and everyone. Appreciate you being here. And, uh, hey, why don't we... Uh, why don't we start thinking about dating 2015, but only after tomorrow because we still got another day left. Yeah, we still got one It is 2015. 2016. 2016. That's next, that's next year. Where have I been for the last 365 days? <laughs> he's, been, he's been hanging with Gordo in California. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, Tommy, if you'll uh, cue up the theme song over there since you won't sing it. I mean, we, we've been asking, but... Hasn't happened yet. Can you change the backdrop, please? Can I, oh, you're, you're trying to look at your rock and ray there. Uh, if you move over a little bit, it actually looks like you have on the Santa hat. Yeah. Hello, oh, that's not it. <laughs> it's not over there. I need the Jeopardy theme song here. <laughs> How about Blue Christmas? <laughs> no, I think we're beyond that. Yeah.